Entrepreneur on Fire 802. I use Facebook for paid ads. I use it to market my businesses organically. And I use it to look at pictures of my friend's babies. John Lee Dumas presents EO Fire and FreePodcastCourse.com. Launch your podcast in 15 days and ignite. Ruby is a perfect solution for small businesses that want to make a big impression. Visit callruby.com slash fire and use promo code fire. In addition to your 14-day free trial, you'll receive 5% off plans plus free activation. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50 plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. What's shaking, Fire Nation? John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Laura Roder. Laura, are you prepared to ignite? I am. I can't believe the episode number you just said. You just told me that I was number 12. So you've made a lot of episodes since then. In Fire Nation, exactly what Laura just said. We were talking in the pre-interview chat. She was episode 12 and now she's episode 802. So you know what that means. You know that I have a treat in store for you because we don't do repeat guests here, Laura. You are only the 21st repeat guest of 802 episodes because I like to keep my repeat guest special, and that's you, Laura. You are an established social media marketing expert and the founder of Meet Edgar, a tool for automatically increasing exposure to your content on social media. And Fire Nation, if you want all the background about Laura, because she's awesome and she has such a great history of being an entrepreneur, just go back to episode 12. Check it out. It's amazing. Because we're, he- we're here today to talk about SaaS. Not the kind of SaaS that those 15-year-old <laughs> twins may have. We're talking software as a service. So Laura, let's start at the beginning. I mean, literally, your aha moment for Edgar. Take us there. Yeah. So I've had kind of an interesting journey in social media because I've been in the field for a long time, but I've literally explored every business model at this point because I went from social media consulting to training to now software with my SaaS business. And it's kind of cool because the software was a direct result of the training. So I have this program that I teach called Social Brilliant, where we teach entrepreneurs about how to categorize and batch uh, their social media content, make a real content strategic plan, which most people don't do on social media. So what we were teaching and what we were doing in our business is we had this really complicated spreadsheet. We had this giant spreadsheet with all of our social media updates. Uh, It got really crazy and messy. There was no way to do images well. And then we would manually copy and paste that spreadsheet into, you know, the social media scheduling tool (laughs) of choice. It was a little bit cumbersome. So I kind of had in the back of my head, you know, okay, this, this seems like a lot of work. And the big aha moment for me uh, was my my husband. I happened to marry a Ruby on Rails developer, which if you don't know Ruby on Rails, it's kind of the current go-to programming language uh, for SaaS companies. How convenient, Laura. How convenient. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why I married him, but it's a huge bonus. Um, and he had even worked on, on social media tools in the past. So I was kind of talking to him about this. You know, it seems so complicated the way we're doing it. And he's like, well, why don't you just build you know, why don't you just build software that does it automatically? And 
as someone who's not a developer, that really blew my mind. It is terrifying. You're like, (laughs) code? Can you say CSS what? Yeah, because, you know, you have this idea that, like, this stuff must be so complicated. Like, I just assumed, well, if no one's done it, it must be because it's so incredibly hard. But, of course, to him, this sounded like a really easy project. So once I had his perspective on, no, this is absolutely doable. This is, this is something we can tackle together. And of course I was very lucky, lucky to have him as a partner in the business. He built uh, the initial version of Edgar. So that's, that's how it all came together. I love this. And this is what's so huge for Fire Nation for people that are listening right now. I mean, this is how you create a business. This is how you create a product, a service, a community. You see what's a void out there in the marketplace and you fill that void. You know, there's a great quote by Gandhi Laura I love referencing. Be that change that you want to see in the world. You didn't want these poor men and women copying and pasting from an Excel <laughs> spreadsheet for the rest of their lives. I mean, that is mind-numbing stuff. So you decided to be that change you wanted to see. You know, I wanted a seven-day-a-week podcast, Laura. It wasn't there. So what did I do? I launched Entrepreneur Fire. I mean, different industries, different examples, but mm-hmm. the same result. And that is, you know, now we're running our businesses that we wanted to see that were out there. So let's just start right here because I've had this question and I've asked a couple people. Nobody has the answer. I know you probably shared it, but let's just get it on the open. Like, meet Edgar. What's the story behind the name? <laughs> so... So my husband, Chris, and I are always like coming up with business ideas and like doing these little test projects. And so before you have a name for something, you have to have a little code name for it, you know, that you use internally. So we started naming our projects after uh, random relatives, like his grandmother's cousins (laughs) and stuff like that. Like we had one called Harriet that didn't go anywhere. Um, And so his his grandmother... His grandmother, I think one of her brothers was named Edgar. We just like kind of sort of funny old fashioned names, I guess. And so we started calling it Edgar while it was kind of in development and we were talking about it. And I noticed that people always remember the name. Sometimes I would chat with a friend and I'd be like, oh, we're working on the social media software. You know, we're calling it Edgar. That's not its name. That's just like how we're referring to it. And then they would see me a month later and they'd be like, how's how's it progressing with Edgar? And I'm like, that's kind of funny that, that they remember that that's yeah. what I called it. And then it came time to name it. And we just, we couldn't think of anything better. You know, we thought <laughs> we just, we never came up with a great name and we thought, well, Edgar's kind of quirky and, and kind of memorable. And maybe that'll make it stand out <laughs> from the social media tools. And, and I think it has, and we do this with the brand. We talk about Ed, like, we always say he, instead of it for the software, where like he helps you <laughs> categorize your social media. Like, don't worry, he'll take care of it for you. So it's, it's become just kind of like a fun marketing branding thing too. So this is exciting. And one thing I really want to dive into next is SaaS. And why SaaS? Because I mean, Laura, we went over your history a little bit. I mean, you were dominant in a number of fields. You you had a name, you still have the name. And I mean, you have the programs, you have the products, you have the services, you have the community, you have the following, you have it all, you know, that people from the outside perspective would see. Why pull your bandwidth even more and do something like SaaS? Like what is appealing about SaaS that you're like, oh yeah, let's do this? It's a, it's such a great question. So I definitely have always been interested in building software, I guess just as a person who's interested in technology, you know, and a person who's interested in business. It sounds, it is a great business model. I mean, I don't think there's one go-to business model, right? There's a lot of different great ways to have a business. Um, and it depends on your strengths and what appeals to you. And it's great to diversify too. Yeah. 
Absolutely. But, you know, it is true that you get monthly reoccurring income. It is true that you build the software once and then you're always continuing to improve it and remove bugs and all that stuff. But you can build a core in the beginning that lasts you pretty well. And honestly, I just didn't have the big idea before. Like I've had this idea for a few years that it'd be fun to embark on some sort of software project, but I never had an idea that was good enough. And I think that's a really important point. You know, there's a lot of software out there uh, that's useful, but no one's willing to pay for it, or it's fun, but no one's willing to pay for it, or it's all right, but it doesn't really solve enough of a problem. And I had a lot of sort of mediocre ideas like that. Uh, but before Edgar, I never really hit on something where I'm like, yeah, you know, this is a must have, this would be game changing for our business and other small business owners. So I'm glad that I didn't embark on anything before I really felt like, yes, I'm so passionate about this. This is a huge winner. I love that. And let's bring back up these points that you talked about. Recurring revenue. I mean, that's what's huge about SaaS. If you can mm-hmm. build something that people have enough of a pain point, enough of an obstacle, enough of a challenge, if it solves a big enough problem that they are willing to pay for on a recurring basis, then boom, you have this beautiful model of you have people that are paying you on a month to month basis on this recurring model. I mean, that's phenomenal. And you know, a lot of this, a lot of these words get bandied about a lot, like passive income. Mm. And that is a reality with SaaS, but you know, that word passive can kind of be a little, I don't know, it can be a little misleading to be honest. It ain't passive. (laughs) Girl, let's just say it like it is. This ain't (laughs) passive. I mean, it's passive income as far as like you have clients that are just paying you month after month after month and you're not dealing with with some of them. You have those perfect clients that are there. But there's no passive in passive income when you have something like a SaaS product with those updates you're talking about, you know, just improving it and then getting out there and doing interviews like these to reach a bigger audience. I mean, you are going to get out there and you're still going to be hustling. So don't just think Fire Nation that just because you come up with this great idea and create this product once that you kick back and you go to Hawaii for the last two weeks like Laura just got back from (laughs) and you think life is all good. Now, this is something that I really want to talk about, Laura. I think it's so huge, so important. I made this mistake twice with uh, launches of iterations before Podcasters Paradise. There were two other names. They both flopped for specific reasons. The third time I finally figured out how to do it right and we launched Podcasters Paradise. And you know now it's over 1,800 members, over $1.7 million in revenue in just over a year because I got it right. Because for the first time, which I didn't do for those first two flops, I proved the concept. I made people vote with their wallets before I created it. How did you prove the Meet Edgar concept? How did you make people vote with their wallets? So we did it a little a little differently than the traditional sort of lean analytics model. We di- we actually didn't do a ton of uh, talking to potential customers and research and stuff because it was really already proven by the training program. Like I mentioned, it came out of the Social Brilliant training program, and that program did really well. You know, not only did people buy it, so we knew people were interested in the concept, but people actually executed the concept. You know, a lot of people used this methodology to manage their social media. So we just saw, okay, if people are willing to pay a few hundred bucks just to learn how to do it, to pay 50 bucks a month to have it totally done for you, instead of you know, having the idea, having to do it manually, it, it, it was kind of a no brainer. So we did it in a pretty unusual way where it's like, okay, well, if people are willing to pay for the training, they're probably willing to pay even less on a monthly basis to just have it handled and done for them by software. 
And when you're doing something totally new, you can't always have that concept fully proven all the mm-hmm. way through. That's just never going to work. It's like that Henry Ford quote. You know, if I had done what people asked me to do, I would have created a faster horse. I mean, mm-hmm. that wasn't what he was looking out to do. He wasn't looking to create a faster horse. He was looking to create the Model T, and that's what he did. Like, you weren't looking to create, you know, another course. You're looking to create Meet Edgar, a SaaS product. So you can only prove so much concept. Right. But you had that within your course. You had those people that were following you that were saying, yes, I need this. So you did that on a lot of levels. So let's kind of talk about something that, you know, it's never fun to talk about, but it's always valuable to talk about and to analyze. And I know that our listeners can get a lot out of this. What's the biggest mistake you made with Meet Edgar? So something that Chris taught me a lot about from his his background in software development is the, the concept of the the MVP and how important that is. So this is something from Lean Star- the Lean Startup Minimum Viable Product. And a lot of people sort of get this concept in theory where it's like, oh, yeah, you don't want to make it too complicated. You don't want to make it too bloated. But I didn't realize that you really have to be ruthless, absolutely ruthless with what you include in your software. Otherwise, it's never going to get released. So we went from idea to live software in about six months. And we were using it internally at about, I don't know, three to four months. So that that's a pretty fast development yeah. process. Uh, and there were things that I really thought were important that I was so wrong about. <laughs> Let's hear one or two. So one that's still surprising to me and we're still kind of figuring out is I thought we could not launch without analytics. Right. I thought we needed our own in-house analytics, you know, to show people how their social media was performing. Uh, Chris said, no, that's not that's not the core concept. The core concept of Edgar is repeating content and, and storing your content in the library. It's I mean, not- I'm seeing like Merrill disputes it's like pots and pans are being thrown. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> didn't come to blows. Thankfully. <laughs> so I thought that was so important. And, you know, we decided to sort of comp the compromise we introduced was using bit.ly so that you can connect your bit.ly account and you can see your stats there. Oh yeah. Um, and that ended up working really well. And, so we actually just introduced stats this month. So about, you know, six months down the road from the software being released and people don't people don't care. <laughs> like, people and you're going to stats. let that stop you. Yeah, and and the things people do care about. I mean, one of our biggest requests early on was LinkedIn company pages. Yeah. Which I just never I'm like, who cares? Like no one uses LinkedIn <laughs> yeah. company. I still am confused that people wanted it, but you know, we're like, all right, if that's what you want, you know, we'll put in the LinkedIn company pages. So that we got more requests for that than stats just blew my mind. And that now that we have stats, people seem to be like, okay, that's nice, but like no one's emailing us about it. And even those stats that we released, you know, we do everything in this MVP way. So when we release stats the first time, you know, they're not perfect. They can be built out more, have more information. And I, again, tried to hold us back because I'm like, you know what? We can't release this bare bones version because people are going to complain about it so right. much. They're gonna, You know, it's, it's going to be worse than having nothing at all because it doesn't have all the data they want. And like, we just didn't hear a peep out of anyone. I'm like, That's oh. so interesting. <laughs> That's so fascinating. I think it's so valuable, Fire Nation, to realize some things that you're probably getting hung up on right now, like really take a step back and say, should I really be letting this slow me down? And, you know, n- you know, not to like, this is just kind of a, a randomness that this quote actually comes from the founder of LinkedIn. But, you know, Reed Hoffman says, if you're not embarrassed by the first thing that you've shipped, you've waited way too long, like way too long. And, you know, think about that. And 
a pretty interesting comparison too, Laura, with you is Basecamp. You know, formerly 37 Signals, they became Basecamp. They were talking so much about how they were stressing out. How are we going to have internal communications? It's going to be all this build out. And then finally someone's like, why don't we just use email? Like, yeah. <laughs> let people use email. It's like this existing thing. Just like you guys use Bitly. I love that. Now, Laura, Fire Nation, I mean, it's a diverse, diverse group of listeners. 145 countries. We're actually going to be breaking over a million listens in the month of December. It's, it's just, it's a group that is made up of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business owners, but they all have one thing in common. They're brilliant and they have great ideas all the time. And so what happens if they, our listeners right now, have this aha moment, have this idea like you've had, but they're not married to somebody that's a Ruby on Rails expert. What would be a step or two that you would say to get them going in the right direction? So I have learned through this process that you really need a, a, a true partner in your business to build software if you're not technical. I, I've never seen it work out when people just try to outsource the whole thing, you know, when they don't know about software and they're just like, I have this idea, build it. And I mean that whether they're, I don't mean outsource just as an overseas, you can go to a really top, you know, Silicon Valley company and have them build it just the same as you can go to India. But if you're just trying to like delegate, you can't delegate your core business, you know? And if you're building software, the software, the software is your business. So I think you really need to find a key hire or a key partner. And that might be that you hire some sort of consultant to help you find that person to hire. You know, it's, this is one of the hardest things, right? It's really, really difficult to hire developers if you're not one, because you have no way to evaluate their skill, right? I can't look at someone's code and see if it's any good. But there are lots and lots and lots of people out there who can. So it can be everything from a friend doing you a favor to, again, a consultant type person that you hire to help you with that hiring process of finding that developer that you're going to work with. Uh, But the good news is, you know, there's so many resources out there now for hackathons and developer meetups, uh, lots of online spaces like this, too. And what a lot of people don't realize is if you're, I think we have a lot of people in this audience who probably know a lot about online marketing, which is, which is my specialty. You know, I run the marketing side of the business. If you're great at marketing, the developers need you just as much as you need them. <laughs> like probably more, probably more. Because of course, something you see a lot is developers make software. They have no idea how to sell it. So it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. So don't think that you're not providing something valuable. You are, you know, if you're doing the business side, the marketing side, they really need you as well. And there are lots of people out there looking for a co-founder, someone who doesn't want to manage the business, just wants to make the product. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy, but if you just decide, okay, I'm going to go to meetups, I'm going to join online groups, uh, this is a very active community. So something that I'm not sure if you're following, Laura, but I know a lot of my listeners are, and that's Alex Bloomberg. His recent departure from NPR as a podcast host to start up his own podcast yeah. called Startup. Yeah, it's a fascinating podcast. But like to your point that you made that th- thought was so key, and I really want to underline it with this little story, 
is that Alex couldn't do it alone. He needed mm-hmm. a partner. So he brought in this guy, Matt, who like does all the things that Alex can't do. And, you know, they talked to the beginning. Well, do I bring somebody in? Do I give him 10%? Do I bring him 15, 20%? And, you know, they ended up saying, let's, we need to be co-founders. I mean, obviously that's the amazing thing about you and being able to work with your husband. I mean, you guys are a hundred percent in, I mean, this is you, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to actually break off piece of your, pieces of your company, but it's really interesting and a tough thing to think. But one thing that you said, Laura, that I really want to underline is you can't delegate your core business. And those words are just so true, Fire Nation. You can't delegate your core business. So find a way to bring your core business into you and bring people into your core business. So Laura, you did a lot of things right. And you did some things wrong, which we talked about, um, but you know nothing that sabotaged everything. Things are going along swimmingly. Mm-hmm. What's something that you can share with us right now that you feel like in hindsight, you're like, yeah, we did that right. You know, That was a decision we had to make and we chose the right path. Mm. So one that's maybe a, a bit of a controversial one, so it might be fun to talk about. I love is- controversy. <laughs> is that we decided we were not going to have any kind of free plan and that we were going to be a tool for businesses and not necessarily people who are, you know, doing a blog as a hobby or doing social media when they're sort of first getting started but don't have a business yet. So our price point starts at $49 a month. So it's very reasonable for anyone running a business, uh, but it's very high if, like, for example, you have a blog that you don't make money off of. Hobby blogger, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's something that people on the internet like free stuff, <laughs> you know, and our major competitors do have lower, lower price points, you know, um, buffer is obviously a great tool in our space. And what's funny actually is their business plans cost as much as, as we do. Their business plans start at 50 a month and go up from there. But a lot of people are more familiar with their $10 a month plan, you know? So we get people every day being like, how, like, how can you charge so much? You know, buffers only $10 a month. Um, but it's, it's a business decision that we've made to serve a certain market and, and not have a free plan because we're not, we're not a charity, you know, we're a business tool. And a lot of people are scared to do that. And I'm really glad that we made that move right from day one, because we've been able to grow the business really fast um, and grow the profits of the business really fast. I think that's a phenomenal answer. And I love that kind of Marie Forleo type school of thought that you come from where it's like, don't be ashamed for charging Mm -hmm. something. Don't be ashamed for saying, listen, I'm going to create something of value. And if you want this value, you are going to exchange money for it. That is how this operation works. I mean, we are growing Fire Nation viable businesses and we can't apologize for that. Podcasters Paradise costs over $1,100 to join. Mm -hmm. I don't apologize for that because I know the value within. And yes, you can go to YouTube and Google how to podcast. If you (laughs) want to learn how to podcast that way, please do. But if you want to learn how to podcast within Podcasters Paradise, this is the price of admission and I'm not going to apologize for that. And obviously, with over $1.7 million in revenue, like people will pay for value. And Laura, like I don't know if you share your numbers. You know, I publish my income reports online, but you know, that's something that I know that you're doing you, and you have a lot of people coming in the door and that revenue is really spiking for you as well. But this is a question that I do want to ask. Let's just have a little face-off right here. <laughs> but before this face-off, Laura, we have to take a minute to thank our sponsors. 
Are you looking to grow your team, maximize your time, and start putting systems in place that will help you run your business most efficiently? I know firsthand that growing a team isn't easy, especially when everyone's seeking out the best candidates. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50 plus job sites, including Craigslist and social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. With an interface that's easy to use and that tracks all of your job posts and all of your candidates, you'll be growing your team in no time. Plus, it's easy to find your best candidates because ZipRecruiter.com will automatically highlight them for you. Try ZipRecruiter to find out why they've been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Again, try ZipRecruiter for free. You must go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. According to a recent consumer report survey, 67% of customers have hung up the phone out of frustration if they could not talk to a real person. Okay, I get it. You're building your business lean, so hiring a full-time receptionist to handle your calls just isn't in the cards. Guess what? It doesn't have to be. Rediscover the lost art of human interaction with Ruby Receptionist, the virtual receptionist who handles your calls with care. Ruby even screens, announces, and transfers your calls to wherever, whenever you want want. They're everything you'd expect from a top-notch receptionist at a fraction of the cost. Exclusive offer, Fire Nation. Use promo code FIRE, and in addition to your 14-day free trial, you'll receive 5% off all pricing plans plus free activation, a $95 value. Visit callruby.com slash fire and enter promo code FIRE, or better yet, give them a call and experience their service for yourself. Call 855-775-RUBY. Okay, back to the face-off. Hootsuite versus Meet Edgar. Now, before you go on, I'm going to give you a little couple seconds to think about this. Not that you haven't before, but we, we were using Hootsuite for a number of months, and, or years actually, and my VAs grew to love it. But when you contacted me and you, know, you were an early guest and you know, we've become friends, we've hung out, like, I was like, I want to try Meet Edgar here. So we got Meet Edgar and my VA's been using it for a couple months and I had a little meeting with her and I said, all right, Jam, like, are we going back to, to Hootsuite or are we staying with Meet Edgar? She's like, Meet Edgar. Like, really? I'm like, whoa, you're not an angry person. She's like, Meet Edgar. I'm like, okay, that settles that. But, you know, and we talked about the whys, but I want you to share with Fire Nation, like, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really, I'm really happy to hear that one. Uh, <laughs> so there are actually some pretty fundamental differences between Edgar and, and Hootsuite and the other tools out there, which like I mentioned, we created this tool out of a need that none of the other tools did. So the biggest functional difference between Edgar and Hootsuite is that you don't have to keep filling up Edgar forever. So with other tools, you have to go in week after week, month after month, and keep loading them up with social content. What's amazing about Edgar is that he does it for you. (laughs) So you load up your library of content, and then Edgar puts it into your schedule for you, sends it out to your social networks for you, and repeats content. So most people are not repeating content on social, but they should be. There's no reason for you to come up with five new updates every day for the rest of time, right? Which is which is how like, most and, people are handling. Actually, thinking that you know, just because you post something to Twitter a month ago, that they're going to see it again, you know, I mean, is so unlikely with these Twitter feeds and, and all these social media feeds. I couldn't agree with you more. Keep going. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, if people do see it, they don't. They don't care. It's weird <laughs> that we have this idea that people are gonna like, you know, burn us at the stake if if we repeat a tweet once. People are actually <laughs> very used to it, and uh, you'll notice that it's it's kind of interesting because Facebook keeps changing their model. Oh, I'm yeah. honestly not even sure why. To show you like more of the same stuff, like now when you log into your newsfeed, um, you're constantly seeing the same post. And of course, they're dropping reach so much across pages that you need to repeat if, if you want anyone to see it. So that's something that only Edgar does. And the other big difference is that is that Edgar stores your content library within Edgar. So this is something that drove me nuts about all the tools is like, I've got this big spreadsheet of content. You know, if you've been doing social for a while, if you're kind of more organized, you probably have something similar, whether it's a document or a spreadsheet or whatever, where you're kind of keeping your updates. And why don't the updates live in the tool? It's weird. It's like right. it's it's like if your WordPress posts didn't live in WordPress, you know, and you had to just like put them there the second they went live, but then they didn't stay there before or afterwards. So that's the other huge thing that Edgar does that's different is Edgar stores a library, a categorized library of all of your social media updates wow. right in the tool. I can see why my VA got so angry about talking about <laughs> potentially switching back to Hootsuite. <laughs> she she loves her library. Yes. And it, and it gives you great quality control, too, is the other thing. Because now you have the library you can look through. You can improve posts. You can add images. Obviously, you can fix like any typos that you see. It's not all so frantic and last minute. So, Laura, I love all this. And as we draw to the end of our little chat here, I just want to kind of hand to you a fire platform. I want you to just kind of share with my audience, Fire Nation, you know, whatever, whatever you want, really. But, you know, meet Edgar specific. Like, like why should entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business owners, you know, why should we want what Meet Edgar has? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think one of the big changes that we'll see this year in 2015 is people really getting serious about social as a marketing channel. And the networks are sort of forcing us to do that, to be honest. You know, obviously anyone who has a Facebook page, you see your own numbers, you see that reaches down. The same is going to happen on Twitter. You know, Instagram has started inserting ads into the feeds. Like, again, these are not, these are not nonprofits, you know, these are all businesses (laughs) and and they're all looking for more ways to advertise. The social networks want you to use them in more of, of a marketing format, whether you're doing that organic or paid ads. And the history that we've had with social is, I think it's because people start out using it for fun and, and of course still use it for fun. You know, I use Facebook for paid ads. I use it to market my businesses organically and I use it to look at pictures of my friend's babies, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's like, it's all on the same site. It's sort of weird. And so I think we come from that personal background. We start using social, we use it just sort of on the fly. We use it to chat with people. But as you grow your business and you become a more advanced marketer, you realize like, no, this is a real marketing channel. It's sort of the evolution people have with their blogs or their podcasts. You know, people start out and they're like, I'm going to do a podcast. They're like, okay, well, I just, I'm just going to like chat about something, you know, plug in a microphone and just be like, so my cat. Right. (laughs) And then of course they realize, no, you know, I need to have an editorial calendar. I need to have a plan. I need to have a way to promote this thing. Uh, it's, it's the same with social media, but, but a lot of small business owners haven't really caught up yet. They're still doing social in this way where they log on every day and they're like, Oh God, I have to think of something to say, you know, (laughs) or maybe they're doing a little more planning in advance, loading stuff up with a tool like Hootsuite. But then again, it's this never ending task of coming up with new content of scheduling it all manually. So I think that's like the big kind of vision that Edgar's really a part of is, 
really getting serious with your social media. I mean, obviously, it's a fun way to market your business and it'll always have that element. But really planning your content, really making sure that it's high quality, really ensuring a great mix of content, which is something else that Edgar does that the other tools don't do, getting you the right mix of promotional and your own blog and other people's blogs. That's that's the future where I see social heading. And that's why I'm so excited. I, I feel like Edgar is sort of leading leading that charge in social media. Oh, Edgar, I hope he gets to meet Harriet someday. That's my <laughs> one goal. <laughs> and Laura, everything that you're dishing out, girl, I am taking in. I am loving it. I know Fire Nation is as well. And let's end this interview on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah. So one of, you know, one of your typical questions is what's, uh, what's the best advice that you received? So I thought about that question and something that Evan Pagan taught me when I was first starting out is people don't fail systems do. And this belief has been one of the, the core guiding beliefs in my business. And it's kind of my go-to whenever there's, whenever there's any kind of problem that comes up. Thinking about this concept, people don't fail, systems do. Because when you start to build your business with that as your lens of everything that happens, thinking, okay, what's the system behind this? What was the breakdown behind this that did or did not happen? Uh, that's when I think you can really start accelerating your results because you're not just doing everything one-off once. You're really establishing systems that can happen automatically or can happen easily. So that's my little piece of advice. <laughs> I love it. It's more than little. It's a lot. And what's the best way we can connect with you? Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at LKR. Uh, you can find Edgar at Meet Edgar on Twitter or Facebook or meetedgar.com. Well, Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Laura and myself today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Laura in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop right up, both episode 12 and 802. Laura, you should probably go listen to that, actually. That was a while ago. You'll probably <laughs> oh, get that's a, embarrassing. I don't want to listen to You'll get a kick out of that one. And Laura, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head over to eofire.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Is it time to create and present webinars that convert? Visit webinaronfire.com. And in eight days, you'll be doing just that. See you there.